Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Chaplin in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Of course, I am talking about the 1992 film Chaplin, a biopic starring Robert Downey Jr., among other people, for today's statistics episode. I've watched this yesterday, March 19th, 2018. Clocked it at 141 minutes, so almost two and a half hours long. Uh, As I said, 1992. And my brief summary is a biopic about the biggest silent film comedian. And I think that's kind of undeniable. Uh, Certainly, there were many other really big names, uh, particularly in comedy, during the silent film era, but I, I can't imagine as great as 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 far as like skill. I think there's definitely a conversation to be had there, but I think in terms of recognition, I don't think anyone was more renowned and more recognizable around the whole world than Chaplin. His mustache, his hat, his outfit, the tramp, everything about it is pretty iconic in every sense of the word and so yeah biggest silent film comedian on Rotten Tomatoes it has a 58% and I was a little bit higher on it but I only gave it a 59 so it's not going to be a particularly um, big mover of a movie for most of the people that are involved with it but it, it is it's, it's got a big cast, and uh, it has some impact pretty, pretty much all over the place. So, moving on to the directors of this movie. Uh, it was directed by Richard Attenborough. This is the third film of his that I've seen on my, uh, on, on my spreadsheet. It lowers his average film rating to a 67 even. Uh, and it is the only film of his rated between rated in the 50s and is his worst film that i've seen of the three coming in behind Shadowlands. uh it is it it keeps his film value at a 1.5 and his score at a 41.7 which keeps him puts him ranked 343rd which is one spot behind alex gibney who directed uh, We Steal Secrets, colon, The Story of WikiLeaks, as well as Going Clear, colon, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. And Richard Attenborough, Richard Attenborough is one spot ahead of Alan Parker, director of Birdie, uh, Oscar-nominated director of Midnight Express, director of Fame, and The Life of David Gale. And that was the only. that's the only director, one director. Moving on to the writers uh you have where we got uh chaplin is credited uh as the inspiration for the movie came from a book that chaplin wrote and so he is one of the writers for this book uh, for this movie it is his ninth writing credit so at this point that i've seen and lowers his average film rating to a 72.67 it is his only film rated in the 50s and 8th best movie out of 9, coming in behind 1AM, which is a short film, and ahead of 20 Minutes of Love, which is also a short film. 
Uh, his film value remains an 8, and his score drops to a 67.45, and he is now ranked 40th as a writer, which is tied with Mark Monroe, who is a documentarian writer who wrote Sound City, The Cove, Chasing Ice, Fed Up, Icarus, The Beatles, Eight Days a Week, Hell on Earth, The Fall of Syria and the Rise of Isis, Racing Extinction Before the Flood, etc., etc. Uh, puts Charles Chaplin one spot behind Kevin Harkey, who was one of the writers on Beauty and the Beast, the animated film, uh, Aladdin, Tarzan, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and others. And it puts him ahead of Ken Anderson, who has writing credits on the animated Cinderella, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The Jungle Book, Robin Hood, The Rescuers, The Aristocats, among others. Also with a writing credit is William Goldman. This is the ninth writing credit I've seen from him and improves his average film rating to a 52.22. It is his only film rated in the 50s and fifth best movie out of nine. It comes in ahead of Marathon Man and behind All the President's Men, which he won an Academy Award for. He is he continues to have a value of zero and has a score of 42.73. He is now ranked 509th overall, which is one spot behind Byron Howard, who co-wrote Zootopia and Tangled Ever After, and one spot ahead of Lawrence B. Marcus, who uh, wrote Witness for the Prosecution, The Stuntman, which he was nominated for, and The Bigamist. Um, also credited is Brian Forbes. This is his second film credit, uh, second writing credit, and improves his average film rating to a 57. It is his second film rated in the 50s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of The Whisperers. He has a film value of zero and a score of 28.5, ranked 1,839th, tied with about 65 other people. Uh, so I won't run those names down. And he's ahead of Vincenzo, Vin, Vincenzo Natali, who wrote Cube, Splice, uh, one of the writers from Paris Tem, um, and others. There are other people tied with Vincenzo Natali, but we don't have forever. Uh, and then two other writers on Chaplin who this is their first film for each of them and that's david robinson and diana hawkins they have an average film rating of 59. one film right in the 50s is chaplin they have a value of zero and a score of 19.67 which puts them ranked 3475th tied with currently writers for it man home for the holidays the 11 o'clock back to school butterfield 8 the witch detective story Wheelman, Werewolves, They Came Back, The Runaways, The Shallows, Inherent Vice, Demolition Man, Full Frontal, I Am Love, Dia de los Muertos, Band-Aid, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Seventh Heaven, Brother Bear, A Touch of Class, a single, a lot of films, um, behind uh, Mark Perez, who wrote Game Night, which came out this year, and ahead of David N. Weiss, who is one of the writers on Shrek 2. Oh, uh, there's also William Boyd, who um, also was writer on Chaplin. This is his second film, and improve, this improves his average film rating to a 40. This is his only film rating in the 50s, and best movie coming in ahead of The Trench. 
he has a value of negative 2 and a score of 18, ranking him 3,806th, tied with a bunch of other people, including John Waters and Christopher Crow, among other people. And uh, ahead of, who do we got here? Jim Thompson, writer of The Grifters, The Killer Inside Me, and The Killing. And those are the writers. Moving on to actors. Uh, big cast, as I mentioned. I think 15 names are, are um, 15, 14 or 15 people on the spreadsheet were in this movie. Starting with Marissa Tomei. This is her 21st film credit and drops her average film rating to a 68.29. It is her fourth film rated in the 50s and 15th best movie overall, coming in ahead of She Said, She Said and behind The Lincoln Lawyer. She has a film value of 12.5 and a score of 74.85, which ranks her at 81st overall. One spot behind Denzel Washington and one spot ahead of Michael Gambone. Uh, Marissa Tomei had a really tiny role in this movie. She plays one of the... Or she plays um, Mabel from Chaplin's very, very early days. Uh, yeah. A lot of very tiny like cameos for female actors in the movie. Um, next up is Chaplin himself, Robert Downey Jr. This is his 34th film credit that I've seen and drops his average film rating to a 63.38. It is his seventh film rated in the 50s and 23rd best film overall. Coming in behind Home for the Holidays and ahead of The Consultant. RDJ was nominated for an Oscar in this movie, lead Oscar. It is his second Oscar nomination that I've seen, um, the first being Tropic Thunder, which was supporting he now has a film value, or still has a film value, of 13.5 and, and a score of 73.36, meaning he is ranked 99th overall, just inside the top 100. One spot behind Patty Considine and one spot ahead of Madeline Kahn. And Robert Downey Jr. is pretty fantastic in the movie. He is one of the highlights. Uh, among Amidst like a, a pretty average movie, he is a standout for sure. Uh, next up is Kevin Klein. This is his 23rd film credit that I've seen and improves his average film rating to a 58.35. It is his fourth film rated in the 50s and 13th best movie overall, coming in ahead of The Big Chill and behind Orange County. He has a film value of 3.5 and a score of 57.18. He is ranked 749th one spot behind Javier Bardem, and one spot ahead of a couple of people, including Daryl Hannah, Rosie O'Donnell, Pam Ferris, and Celeste Holm. And Kevin Klein plays, um, oh, uh, what's his name? Fairbanks, Douglas Fairbanks. He, he has a small role, too. Uh, but I liked, that was one of the best aspects of the movie, the whole Douglas Fairbanks angle. I liked that. I thought that was pretty neat. Um, unfortunately, it's it's not a big part of the movie. Next is Penelope Ann Miller. This is her eighth film credit and improves her average film rating, average film rating to a 58.5. It is her second film rated in the 50s and fifth best movie overall. Coming in behind 
The Artist, and Ahead of Awakenings. She has a film value of 2.5 and a score of 49.3. She is ranked 1,475th, one spot behind Kevin Pollack, one spot ahead of Jennifer Westfelt and Walter Houston. Uh, Houston, who won an Academy Award for his performance in The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and Jennifer Westfeld, who was in uh, one of my actually one of the, one of my more favorite uh, rom coms in Kissing Jessica Stein. Next up, we have um, Geraldine Chaplin. Chaplin, uh huh. This is her thirteenth film credit and improves her average film rating to a 55 even. It is her fifth film rating in the 50s and seventh best movie out of 13 overall. Comes in behind Home for the Holidays and ahead of The Age of Innocence. She has a film value of 0.5 and a score of 48.17, which puts her ranked 1,585th. Tied with Wendell Pierce, who was in Selma, Bullworth and Malcolm X puts her behind a couple of people tied above her, including James Whitmore, Jesse Williams, uh, who was in The Cabin in the Woods, also was on Grey's Anatomy. And then it puts her one spot ahead of Fisher Stevens. And that's it, pretty much. Well, there's other people, but uh, their names that I don't recognize. Next is Moira Kelly. This is her fifth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 65 even. It is her second film rating in the 50s and third best movie overall, coming in ahead of a voice role in The Lion King 2, colon, Simba's Pride, and behind The Lion King 1 and 1 half, another voice role. It keeps her film value at 1.5 and her score at a 47.93. She is ranked 1,619th overall, tied with Eminem, Fran Kranz, Fran Kranz, who was also in The Cabin in the Woods, puts her one spot behind Kristen Stewart and one spot ahead of Nick Kroll. Next up is Maria Patillo. This is her fourth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 66 even. It's her only film rating in the 50s and third best movie overall. Coming in behind Natural Born Killers and ahead of Godzilla. I believe that is the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. She has a value of 1.5 and a score of 45.5, which ranks her 1,890th overall tied with about 15 other people at that spot, including Salminio, um, Kuvanzani Wallace from Beasts of uh, Southern Wild, and Blythe Danner, and Catherine Zeta-Jones as well. Oscar winner for Chicago. Puts her right behind Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters and ahead of Bruce Greenwood. Next up is Dan Aykroyd. This is his 25th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 51.28. It is his second film rating in the 50s and 14th best movie overall. Coming in ahead of Sneakers and behind Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He has a film value of negative 3 and a score of 44.48. 
ranking him 2057th overall, just behind Roberto Benini, Oscar winner for Life is Beautiful, uh, as well as Bridget Mendler, Michael Nyquist, um, Ralph Macchio from The Karate Kid, among others, uh, and puts him, puts Aykroyd one spot ahead of Richard Roxburgh, who was in Moulin Rouge and Mission Impossible 2 and Hugh Jackman's Van Helsing and the legend legend of the guardians colon the owls of gaul next up is kevin dunn this is his 21st film credit and improves his average film rating to a 51.71 this is his third film right in the 50s and ninth best movie overall coming in behind ghostbusters 2 and ahead of small soldiers here's a film value of negative four and a score of 43.22, ranking him 2,205th overall, right behind, <clears throat> excuse me, right behind Emily Deschanel and Aaron Tveit, and right ahead of Michael McShane, Francis Lee McCain, Mickey, not Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney's two spots down, uh, and Casey Simasco. Um, Casey Simasco was in Back to the Future Part 2, Michael McShane had a voice role in Treasure Planet, and Francis Lee McCain was in the first Scream movie. A little further down is Diane Lane. This is her 18th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 50.61. It is her third film rated in the 50s and seventh best movie overall, coming in behind Trumbo and ahead of The Outsiders. It keeps her film value at a negative 4.5 and her score at 41.05 ranking her 2473rd overall one spot behind titus welliver who was on lost and one spot ahead of the offices john krasinski next up is james woods voice of hades from hercules this is his 17th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 49.18. It is his fourth film rated in the 50s and seventh best movie overall. Coming in behind The Virgin's Suicides and ahead of White House Down. It keeps his film value at a negative six and his score at a 38 even. He is ranked 2,792nd, tied with Art Carney. Oscar winner Art Carney, as well as someone, a, a name like Dinah Spivey Waters, who was in Freaky Friday, Big Night, Full Frontal, John Q, Suburbia, and Haunted, The Haunted Mansion. Um, and then James Woods is one spot ahead of Billy Barty, who was in UHF, the Weird Al movie that's amazing, Bride of Frankenstein, and an animated voice role in The Rescuers Down Under. A little further down is Sir Anthony Hopkins. This is his 28th film credit that I've seen and improves his average film rating to a 45.82. It is his third film rated in the 50s and 13th best movie overall, coming in ahead of Red 2 and behind Darren Aronofsky's Noah. It is... Uh, it keeps his film value at a negative 8.5 and his score at 34.27. He is ranked 3,182nd overall, one spot behind Ana de la Reguera, 
Let me see. Let me try to say that again. Ana de la Reguera, who was in The Book of Life as a voice. She was in Nacho Libre, Cowboys and Aliens, Cop Out, and last year's Everything, Everything. And Hopkins is one spot ahead of a couple of people, including Haley Mills from The Parent Trap. And she won a child acting Oscar for her role in Pollyanna, as well as uh, Brianna Hildebrand from Deadpool, or Olivia Dabo, 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 uh, who was in uh, Electric Boogaloo, colon, The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. She's had a voice role in a couple of animated DC movies, including Justice League Doom, Green Lantern First Flight, and she was in the kids' movie that I remember watching many, many, many years ago called The Big Green. It's fun. Next up, uh, mostly a cameo in Chaplin, is David Duchovny. This is his sixth film credit that I've seen and improves his average film rating to a 46 even. It is his second film rated in the 50s and third best movie overall, coming in ahead of California with a K and behind Full Frontal. It keeps his film value at a negative 3.5 and his score at a 31 even. He was ranked 3,442nd, tied with, let's see here, uh, Kirstie Alley, who was in Loverboy and Summer School, Robin Tooney from The Craft, Passenger Side, Niagara, Niagara, or, if you watch TV, Prison Break, uh, Andrea Savage, Sleeping With Other People, Step Brothers, The House, uh, Lil Bow Wow from Furious 7 or Like Mike or Johnson Family Vocation, Christina Aguilera, voice role in Shark Tale, also in Pitch Perfect 2, Get Him to the Greek, and a voice role in The Emoji Movie. David Duchovny is one spot behind Eugene Levy and one spot ahead of Kumail Nanjiani from Big Sick, Oscar nominee. And I believe the final person is Mila Jovovich. Now, there are currently 4,477 people on the acting page of the spreadsheet. Mila Jovovich, uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Mila Jovovich, this is her 15th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 33.13. It is her only film rated in the 50s and fourth best movie overall. Her film value is a negative 17, and her score is a 12.24, ranking her 4,347th. So she's about 130 spots from the absolute zero bottom. Or, well, I guess it's not really zero, it's, but it's, it's the bottom. Uh, she is one spot behind uh, Monique Imes, who was Oscar winner for Precious, and one spot ahead of Douglas Smith, who was in Miss Sloan from a couple of years ago, The Bye Bye Man, Percy Jackson, colon, Sea of Monsters, Ouija, and Terminator Genesis. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, for reference... Mila Jovovich's negative 17 value is tied with Jeff Bennett uh, for being the 
16th worst value uh, of anybody on the spreadsheet. Uh, some people with lower film values include Owen Wilson, Rob Schneider, Cameron Diaz, Rob Paulson, who is a voice actor, Rob Lowe, Alan Cover and Peter Dante, and Nick Swartzen, and David Spade, and Jonathan Lawfren, who are all Adam Sandler movie people, uh, Jessica Alba, Dan Patrick, and um, who do we got here? Sadie Sandler, Sandler, John Michael Higgins, and at the very, very top of this list, with the absolute worst value by by a gap of eight and a half points is Adam Sandler quite fittingly I think that's it for the movie yes Jovovich is the last person moving on to genres uh, as I mentioned this is a movie rated 59 from 1992 it is a comedy improving the average film rating of comedies to 54.48 it is a drama dropping the average film rating of dramas to 60.77 and that is it it's a comedy drama it for me clocked in as a one on the Bechtel test I could not think and I don't remember seeing a moment in the movie where two female characters talk to each other about anything uh, despite the fact that there are so many but when every single scene has Robert Downey Jr. in it and everyone's pretty much interacting with him tough to have two female characters but i mean no excuses right it's rated pg-13 it is not on imdb's or my own top anything however it was nominated for academy awards including best actor for robert downey jr which he did not win it was nominated for best score which it also did not win and it was nominated for best set design and art uh, art set decoration and art decoration or as we now know the category best production design which it also did not win so three oscar nominations for chaplin in 1992's academy awards or the academy awards ceremony for films from 1992 which puts it on par with the player from 1992 that also got three nominations but no wins um, a River Runs Through It was also nominated three times. However, it won for Best Cinematography. Uh, I am a long ways away from knowing if it has any impact on the 1992 Circle of Film Awards. Very, very far away. Moving on to The Year, however. It's a 1992 film. It is the 52nd film I have seen from 1992, uh, which puts 1992 or keeps it squarely between the number of films I've seen from 1994, which is 55, and the number of films I've seen from 1989, which are 50. I saw it in 2018. It is the one of the 458 films that I've seen in 2018 so far. We are not at the end of March yet. Whew. Uh, it improved the average film rating of 1992 films to 58.29, it dropped the average tomato meter of 1992 films to 70.48. Uh, I have now seen 68 of the Academy Award nominations that took place that year of the total 108. And 
it is a comedy. It is the 24th comedy I've seen from that year. And as a drama, it is the 25th drama that I've seen from that year. As he won on the Bechtel test, it is currently a, one of the 30.77% of films with a 1 on the Bechtel test that I've seen from 1992. And as a PG-13 movie, it is the 5th PG-13 movie I've seen from 1992. However, not all movies from 1992 have an MPAA rating, as only 31 out of the 52 have an MPAA rating. So, uh, that is... Uh, that's that's Chaplin. That's the movie. It's it's fine, guys. It's fine. It's, it's long, and you feel that length quite a bit, but I, I do feel that Robert Downey Jr.'s performance can really keep you interested the whole way, and you get to see Robert Downey Jr. like perform some of the iconic moments from Chaplin's own films, which is great. Uh, but the movie does kind of—it it just really beats you over the head about a lot of different aspects of his life, most of which you go in knowing. And what really stuck out to me were like the small moments, you know, the stuff he shares with Douglas Fairbanks, things that I wasn't super familiar with, um, personal relationships that I didn't really know about, uh, and you wouldn't know about if you'd only seen his movies. And I think those were fascinating, and we didn't get a lot of those, in my opinion. And so that really didn't do the film any favors, I guess is what I would say. So that's Chaplin from 1992. Uh, but now... We are going to move on to uh, the Fantasy Movie League update for week three of the spring 2018 season. We sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights. A technicolor world made out of music and machine. I mean, how hard can that be? Week three of the spring season of 2018 has ended and things are looking up for some of us and not for others. Uh, it was a pretty big week and if you missed out on it, you have fallen considerably behind. It is only week three, so there are still 10 full weeks left uh, and I'm sure there are gonna be plenty of traps and pitfalls and mistakes made along the way. So for sure, do not give up hope if you are one of the unlucky few. But this was not, not a good week if you did not play a lot of I Can Only Imagine. Uh, two people this week, uh, Plexi, myself, and Rahman, found the perfect Cineplex, which was one screen of Black Panther and seven screens of I Can Only Imagine, which was, I think, worth like less than 400 FML bucks because I Can Only Imagine was priced at like $41. And it ended up making over... 17 million making it head leaps and bounds above even the highest value best performer that has ever been seen on the website which was in the very first week of the sh of the this game ever uh so this is pretty insane pretty ridiculous and for their trouble they were awarded with 165 million dollars this week Rybone and Director's Cut came in a near close second, playing one screen of Black Panther, one screen of Wrinkle in Time, and six screens of I Can Only Imagine. Uh, they were short by just under eight million, and then Perks Plex finished fifth 
with 146 million, badass Cineplex at 122, and nobody else cracked 100. Uh, there were a couple of stray, I can only imagine, screens outside of those top six, but nobody was really on, I can only imagine, outside of those guys. And that has really set them up for a, and it put them in a really great position heading into week four. Ramon, Drexler's Cut, Plexi, and Rybone are within $8 million. Uh, eight, less than $8 million separates the four of them. Rahman is in the lead the first time that they have ever led the league since start since joining back in the fall season uh, with 330 336 million director's cut falls to second or well was in uh, wasn't in second but but uh, so I guess it didn't fall anywhere but uh, was in third. Yes, was in third, moved up to second place with their performance this week, uh, and has 334 million. Um, I only say falls because Rahman was behind Director's Cut heading into this weekend. And Plexi makes a big jump up to third with 331 million, and Rybone is in fourth with $328 million. Um, the four of them are hovering around the 90% mark for a bet of a perfect season with Rahman being the only person above it at the current time. Director's Cut leads all comers in best performers this season at 11 with Rahman, Plexi, and Film Obsessed in seventh place, uh, all at nine best performers. We have had four perfect cineplexes this season, Rahman, Director's Cut, Plexi, and The Flex. No one has had two yet, but we have now gone three straight weeks uh, with a perfect cineplex in the league after five without one. We will see if week four can continue that trend. Uh, it was tough. This is a tough one. You, This is the kind of, you know, you miss this kind of week or you really swing the wrong way, and this is one that can really cripple you, uh, not just in the game, but, like, psychologically. You know, I've definitely played weeks where, you know, I missed so egregiously that, it, you know, it feels like you're in a hole you just cannot get out of. And this feels like that, I'm sure, if you missed those weeks or those those screens. But just remember, you know, this is only the third week. You know, the leader has $336 million. Everyone down to Sven Cinema, who's currently ranked 20th, has at least $200 million. So across 10 weeks, you know, if you gain $13 million on average on whoever's in the lead at that point in time, you know, you're right back in it. And it seems like a lot, but I mean, just look at a week like this. A film obsessed was, or no, not film, the flex was number one after two weeks and a unfortunately bad week three now puts them, lost them over a hundred million dollars uh, off of the perfect cineplex. And that, Maybe it won't happen as drastically as this again. Uh, you know, pricing just happened to be way off the tracking this this week, this past week. But certainly could happen to a smaller degree. But even if it's 30, 40, 50 million dollars, like that's more than enough to make up the difference. Uh, as I mentioned, this is the first week that Rahman has ever been in the lead. And they become just the... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th person in the history of the Cinderella's Fantasy Movie League to be in the lead 
at any point in time. Uh, they are tied with Yo JRB and Kirstein H. Jensen for being in the lead for just one week. If they are able to repeat next week, they will tie the Flex and Xanadu for two weeks in a row and then have a shot at the three weeks in a row lead, or not in a row, but two weeks total for the Xanadu and the Flex. Um, and then the next milestone would be the third week in a row, which would tie Rahman with Director's Cut, who the two of them joined at the exact same time. And that uh, would be fitting. It would be a cute little, uh, you know, thing. So uh, this is the 15th Perfect Cineplex. Oh, no, it's not. Hold on. Oh, I don't have all these updated yet. Ooh. Um, uh, can I do it easily? Maybe. Let me see. Plus. But I need this to say something different. <sighs> Spring. Oh, my God. I hate this. Why do you do this? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Get off. Get away. Go away. Go away. I, every once in a while, every once in a while, oh, it didn't even work, did it? Why? So every once in a while, Excel, or in this case, Google Sheets, happens, oh, it wants S anyway. No, it doesn't, it wants T. Weeks. Oh, no, it did work. Okay, we're in, we're in business. We are in business. And then if I just port the same thing over. Oh, what I, I guess what I was getting at is that every once in a while comes a time in a man's life. Kidding. Uh, like if you, you happen to like type something incorrectly or highlight the wrong thing on a web spreadsheet for some reason, and I don't know why, but Excel or Google Sheets will just happen to uh, act like you need help for some reason. I, I don't know why. Because I certainly don't... I don't know. It just, it's just they... It's not even that. It's like they just... This, this helpful, quote-unquote helpful, word box just wants to be in your way and you cannot do a thing about it. All right, almost done here. Last one. Okay, so uh, now uh, this was the 16th perfect cineplex for Plexi. Uh, puts them, puts me two spots behind Rybone in terms of total PCs career. Uh, they lead with 18. This is the fifth perfect simplex for Rahman, who is currently in three, six, seventh place overall with five. Director's Cut leads in PCs per season right now at four and a half, although this does not yet include spring as a season yet, so those numbers are all going to go down, perhaps. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll go up. Um, for best performers, uh, Plexi in the lead there with 190, so uh, that's, that's quite a lot. And uh, who else? Um, Rahman at 57 is now tied with Yo JRB at that mark. 
um, just behind who is that? The uh, film obsessed who has fifty nine. Um, and then Rahman won the week. This and uh, this is the third week won by Rahman in his in their uh, league career, which ties Swagner, nearly the winner of the first season of uh, the the first fall 20, 2016 season of the Cinderella's Fantasy Movie League, uh, but has kind of gone away I, I don't think they're playing anymore like they popped up briefly in fall and the award season this year but I think the summer 17 season was really their last one um, yeah so the three weeks one ties that and that's it I don't know that's like it really uh, I mean the only other thing is currently the projections Looking at the first three weeks that we have and projecting the things out to 13 full weeks, the average projection actually does not point to Rahman as the winner. It points to the winner being Rybone, projected to reach $1,428,000,000. Uh, Rahman projected at $1,423,000,000, with Plexi at $1,419,000,000, and Director's Cut at one billion four hundred and twelve. That is where we are at right now. But there is a lot of game to play, and a lot of a lot of weeks to go. And anything can happen. Honestly, anything can happen. It's all just there's got only only takes one landmine, and you reset all the way back at zero. Well, I mean, not at, okay, not at zero, but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Appreciate it every time that you choose to do so. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you want to write into the show, you have anything you want to say, you can feel free to do so through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com, or on Twitter, at circleoffilm. If you'd like to check out the website, circleoffilm.com, there are all the previous episodes over there, as well as plenty of other statistics and information that you may want to know about in regards to my spreadsheet and many other things. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do that at Patreon, patreon.com slash circle of film. Thank you once again for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say that you In the name of love One night in the name of love So long, farewell, oh what I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute So long